there's never enough ever. So when I started thinking about it, it's like, okay, well, I'll just come to terms with that. I'm cool with it. It's good. So how much do I need to live this lifestyle? And we, we restructured based on that concept. And it was the best thing that we ever did for ourselves. Welcome to Task Time Energy, the purpose-filled productivity podcast. My name is Scott Miller. I'll be your host. I created this podcast to inspire you to think about how you spend your time and hopefully to think about that in some new and different ways. We're going to talk with people who've had very successful careers, people who've had unique experiences in life, and we'll ask them to share any time management tips that they might have. We might ask them to share some of the challenges that they've faced and ways that they've overcome those challenges. But more importantly, we're going to ask them how their unique experiences have shaped the way that they think about time. We'll ask them how those experiences have shaped the way they think about being productive, and especially about being productive in a purposeful and meaningful way that adds value to their lives. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone. We are here today with my very good friend, Matt Kalush. Uh, Matt and I have known each other for a long time, haven't we, Matt? Oh man. Yeah. What? Probably, oh, I don't know, 2005, maybe somewhere right in that realm. Yeah. I was thinking close to 20 years, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Time flies, huh? So Matt is an electrician by trade, um, has experience running his own business as an electrician. Matt, you've also worked as uh, like a project manager, estimator, worked on some pretty big projects. I know you worked on a project at a major attraction down in Orlando, Florida, one of the big attractions that a lot of people probably heard of. I know you've done some work like major hotel renovations. You were kind of like the troubleshooter, the one who would go in when a project was not going well and you'd kick butt and get everything back on track. So a lot of experience with um, some pretty serious project management. Anything you want to add to that? Um, No, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, I guess. You know, I've been in a, in the construction industry basically since high school and just kind of worked my way through it and found the electrical trade and, you know, did my apprenticeship, got my journeyman card, got my master electrician's license and uh, did that for a while and then kind of went into estimating and project management. And then, yeah, kind of like you said, I, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of big entertainment work um, and hospitality work. And then just kind of had to try to reprioritize uh, for myself and and my family uh, to make sure that I was doing what was right for me and healthy for for me and the fam. Uh, so yeah, kind of restructured, kind of new chapter of the life, you know. Yeah, and you've had some really interesting experiences that I think people will be interested in hearing about, like your uh, sail across the ocean to Hawaii on a sailboat. Um, you're yeah, uh, yeah. living up in Alaska now. And I love the story about how you ended up in Alaska. I remember you saying like the idea that most people 
kind of just end up in a place because of work or relationship or something. And you and your, your wife, your now wife, lovely wife, Amara did something a little different. And do you want, do you want to, you remember how you were explaining that to me one time? You want to tell people about yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember exactly how I explained it to you, but you know, basically I was working a very stressful, well, both of us, you know, we're, we're living and working a very stressful life. And we found that the amount of time and energy and effort that we were putting into our careers was really, really impacting our life in a negative way, you know, from working, you know, 12 to 14 hour days, seven days a week, and, and just not really being fulfilled in life. So I kind of came up with this idea and just made, kind of made the decision that, you know what, why don't we just go adventure and see where we want to live? Like there, there's no reason that we can't live anywhere that we would like to live, you know, within the United States or abroad. So we basically decided we were going to, you know, resign from our positions, liquidate everything we own, uh, buy a travel trailer and get on the road. So we kind of structured a, a year and a half plan to where we were going to go see things that we wanted to see in the United States and see people that we wanted to see and family and, you know, and friends and stuff that, you know, you just, everybody gets so busy in life. You kind of lose track of all of that. So that's what we did. So we did a year and a half on the road. We did 42 States, uh, four provinces, Canadian. Um, we did the summer in Alaska. So we drove up the Alcan, you know, had a great summer here. And that was kind of on the tail end of that year and a half trip. And we got a little bit of cold feet when we got up here. You know, I'd lived in seasons before, but my wife hadn't. She's basically from Florida. When we were on that year and a half trip, it's what I learned is it was kind of skewed because you're on vacation. And every time you're on vacation, every place you go is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I mean, everybody does it, right? You, You know, we're working, we're working, we get our two weeks vacation or whatever it may be. And you go somewhere or a cruise or whatever, and you're there and you're like, oh man, you know, we should totally move here. This would be the best thing ever. You know, but the reality of that is, is it's because you're on vacation. You don't have all the stresses and, and ties and anchors of, you know, where, where you're actually living and working. Right. So we, you know, we batted around the idea of, you know, let's just stay in Alaska so we can have one more summer here to see if we really enjoy it as much as we did this summer. Well, we got a little scared. So, and we were broke basically. <laughs> uh, and we had some family members that were, you know, elderly uh, that we wanted to spend some time with. So it actually took us back to central Florida. Long and short of it, we ended up being in Florida for a little over two years. You know, we had our wedding, which Scott was a big part of, and it was a great time. And, our honeymoon was back to Alaska. And I said, you know what, let's just pack up, move to Alaska. You know, we enjoyed it. You know, let's just go out there and see if that's going to, you know, be the place that we want to be. So I canceled, you know, all the plane tickets for the honeymoon and everything. And the, the few friends I had up here, I told them, you know what, we changed our mind. We're not coming on the honeymoon. We're moving up. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm packing right now. Like, we're out of here. I mean, it was literally 
I think three weeks after our wedding, we liquidated everything again, you know, bought a different trailer and, you know, took about six weeks to get up here. So we spent some time in South Dakota and, and, you know, a few things that we missed on that last road trip that we did around the country. So we basically choose, you know, this is where we want to live. Uh, we're both, you know, have prof professional careers that fortunately we can find work anywhere. Uh, and, you know, if you're willing to work, there's work. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's kind of the, in the nutshell there, Scott, on, on how we did that, you know, and why we did that. Yeah. And I just remember you saying the idea that, you know, you were talking about this idea that normally when we end up living somewhere, it's because we went there for a job or we went there for a relationship, or it's just where we happen to grow up. And you all were very intentional about saying, we're going to travel around and see what it's like to be in different places and make a, a choice, like an informed choice about where we want to live. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool at the time. And it's really so pertinent now because, you know, with a lot of the shift to remote work, I think a lot of people are making, looking at making that same choice and that same decision. Yeah. It's really, you know, the, the conventional workforce has changed obviously, you know? So I think the opportunity for people to pursue happiness um, outside of where they were you know, raised or where their job initially took them to. I mean, the opportunities now are endless. You said something really interesting a few moments ago. You said when you're on vacation, you're on vacation, right? And it's really easy to say, oh, this place is great. I want to live here. Yeah, everybody actually, does. Yeah. Living there can be different. Do you like, what advice would you have for somebody who says, yeah, I'm going to go check some different places out and see where I want to live. Like anything that you can say that would be helpful. Yeah. I think you know, honestly, the biggest things, you know, for me is look at the things that are important to you. You know, if climate is important to you, like if you, if you don't like, you know, cold winters or you don't like the four seasons or, you know, you love being 90 and 95 degree weather, you know, I think that's a big drive for a lot of people. And then, you know, what other things are important to you? You know, do you like professional sports? Do you like live music? Do you like, uh, diversity and eating out and, you know, all different types of restaurants from, you know, one star to five star, or, you know, things of that nature, um, I think are important because for me, you know, I grew up in a suburb of Detroit, so we had all the professional sports, you know, obviously the rock and roll scene and the music scene is, is amazing. And, all different types of restaurants and all that stuff, you know? So the one thing living up here now is, you know, we've given up most of that. We have like a, a local hockey team, you know, that plays like low level pro. Right. And it's a two hour drive. If we want to go watch a game, you know, right. and we have a couple small music uh, festivals in the summer. So there's, I think, I guess the best way to answer that question, Scott would be, you know, prioritize, what brings you happiness outside of work? So if it is like, Hey, I love going, you know, and seeing, you know, country music at little dive bars or something. I mean, for me, it was like, I want to get back to outdoors. I want to get back to the seasons. You know, I, I made my list, you know, and it made sense for me to come on up here. Uh, but you know, there is sacrifices everywhere, you know, nothing's perfect. Right. Uh, so I think if you focus on what brings happiness to you, 
then when you're looking at these places, see if that offers that. And if it doesn't, then it's off the list. I can think of, you know, for me, moving from, you know, when I was in going to college, moving from New Jersey to Daytona Beach, right? And you moving yeah. from Detroit down to that area, right? Yeah. And you think, wow, it's Daytona and there's the beach and there's all this fun stuff and it's so cool. But if you step back and say, well, wait a minute, there are going to be some things, at, you know, as, as fun as Daytona is, there are going to be some things in Detroit that you can't experience in, in Daytona, you know, that maybe yeah. it's the sport, maybe it's the music yeah. scene. And sure. I think it's really easy to see the shiny lights and the fun things that we like and the newness of a new place and not step back and say, Hey, wait a minute, what's important to me and how do I want that to influence my decisions? So that's a really great yeah. insight. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like sit down, make the list, right? That old cliche, you know, the good, the bad, right. Mm-hmm. right. Paper and, you know, and go at it systematically a little bit, I guess. Um, the one thing I've never been afraid of is work. And I'm a very strong believer, and I always have been, that if you go to work and put an honest day's work in, you know, honest date for an honest day to pay, you will always have a job. And that comforts me knowing that if I'm going to uproot and go somewhere and try something completely different, I'm confident in the fact that I'm going to be okay financially, you know, because that's why we're working, right? 90% of us. I mean, there's that 10%, I guess. And, you know, those are just numbers I'm making up that just really, really enjoy their job, right? They just love it and they do it because it brings them so much happiness. But the majority of people, it doesn't seem like that to me. It seems like they're just doing it because they need to make that dollar bill. So you got to build the happiness in outside of that living in alaska you know so a lot of people are maybe aware of this but like in the middle of the winter the sun doesn't really come up and in the middle of the summer it doesn't really get totally dark like is that how it is where you are right now the area that we live in our like shortest official you know sunrise to sunset time is four and a half hours wow so that gives us you know basically in December, right? Third week of December is the, is the switch there. Um, that gives us about six hours of usable daylight. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up in Michigan, we had roughly about eight and a half hours of usable daylight where I live there. Mm-hmm. The big difference is, is it's like 11 AM before it gets light. Mm-hmm. And then it's light till you know, six thirty ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think for me in the wintertime, you know, is a, is one of the hardest things because it's just dark so long in the morning and mornings for most of us are our most productive time. Right. So it, it that is a big challenge for me. So it, and it, so back to the season thing here, it's manic, you know, like he, you have the, the wintertime and, and if you don't play in the winter here, if you don't snow machine, ice fish, cross-country ski, snowshoe, you know, downhill ski, you know, any of that stuff, uh, you're not going to be happy, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just, it's just not a nice environment, you know, climate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quiet. It's a good time to hibernate. It's a good time to self-reflect and, you know, figure out all the stuff you're going to do, you know, the following season. Uh, but like right now, you know, here third week, April or end April, Oh, I don't, I haven't even checked, but I, I bet you we're at like, I don't know, 14 hours of daylight right now. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we're gaining, and I'd have to check the numbers because you know it, it's it's a sliding scale on how much you you gain as you get closer to a solstice or equinox. Uh, but we're gaining probably six and a half, seven minutes a day. Mm-hmm. So when you think of that, just say 10 days, that's over an hour of daylight in 10 mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. So it is just, it's extreme to watch and watching mother nature transform how fast and quickly she changes seasons here. It It is impressive, but there are places here where you are correct. You know, they don't see the sun for six months, you know, you get up above the Arctic circle. Right. It's interesting to hear you talk about how people adapt to it. Cause like people cut down on their outdoor activity in the winter, cause it's cold and you don't want to be outside, but it's interesting how you, you, you talk about being into like, you know, being into snow machines, being into skiing, being into ice fishing, where even you're, even though it's like, you're accepting the way things are, you're accepting the way the climate is, the way the sunlight is, and looking for ways to be active and enjoy that time of year. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like that has a really healthy effect so that the lack of daylight, the, 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 you know, long darkness isn't maybe having as big an effect Is it. Do you find that that being active that way helps that yeah. way? Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, if, if, if I wasn't an active type individual or my wife and I, you know, the winners would be, they'd be miserable for us here. I mean, they're just, you know, if you're not, and getting out and enjoying it and it's just not worth it you know and that's yeah. back kind of circling back to what we were talking to about earlier about you know where your priorities lie you know if right. you were to relocate somewhere um so yeah it's uh for us it's a lifesaver you know right we enjoy it and it, it's it's a really peaceful quiet time mm-hmm. uh, it gives it, it just gives you time to you know, I don't, I don't know, reflect, I guess a little bit and, you know, think about what's, what you're doing in your life and what's important to you. And, and it's not that manic go, go, go summer mentality that we all have, you know, even yeah. where you live there, Scott, right. It sounds like there's a good lesson in there for a lot of us, like the lesson of being active in the winter, right? Like don't yeah. just cause it's cold out, don't shut down all your winter activities, find some winter activities that you enjoy and stay active. And like, yeah. for me, I, I kind of look forward to the winter here because where I'm living, it's windier in the winter time in the winter and early spring when it's cold. So like, that's the best time for, for windsurfing. For windsurfing sure. Yeah. So like, yeah. And, and it makes a huge difference for me. I find that, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm not sad because winter's coming. I'm not upset because, you know, the warm weather has gone. I mean, yeah, it's different. Got to bundle up a little more, but there is something to look forward to. And that activity and that, that, you know, ability to get outside and enjoy what sunlight there is makes a big difference for sure. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately in today, you know, today's world, I mean, it's really easy just to sit on your iPhone or Android and sit on the couch all winter long and, you know, go down the YouTube rabbit hole or whatever, you know, I mean, uh, so staying active, I think even in the summer, spring, you know, any season, uh, you know, I think it's healthy, you know, yeah. it, uh, mentally and physically, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and another interesting, uh, adventure you had an experience you had was, and this wasn't too long ago. This is just last year. Um, yeah, this you, time. you sailed across the Pacific ocean from Baja, California to Hawaii. 
Tell everybody a little bit about that adventure because I think people enjoy hearing about that. Yeah, so it was a it was a unique um, opportunity. So if you rewind a year prior, uh, I got an invite. Well, wife and I got an invite to help move a sailboat from Mexico to French Polynesia, and that was the initial plan. Well, unfortunately for my wife, she couldn't get the time off of work because it was too short of notice, and it's a chunk of time. So unfortunately, I had to make the decision, am I going to go do this passage without her? We talked about it and said, yeah, let's, let's help our friends move their boat. Let's, let's go for it. It'll be a great life experience. So I went down to Mexico, uh, provisioned the boat, did a whole bunch of boat projects, got everything ready. We checked out of Mexico with customs. So we were leaving for French Polynesia in the morning and COVID hit. And it's hard to remember how fast all of that uh, COVID restriction and everything happened, but within like 72 hours, the whole world changed. Yeah. So, you know, so we made the decision, let's, let's pump the brakes, you know, we'll just go on the boat. We'll go throw the anchor. Let's give it 24 hours and see what happens. Well, French Polynesia shut down, you know, air travel started shutting down. It got really crazy. So I had to make one of the most difficult decisions in my life personal decision was, am I going to stay on the boat, go with these guys wherever we may go now, or am I going to go home and be with my wife? So I stepped off the boat and pushed them off and, you know, Hey, see you guys later. And it was a very difficult decision for me. Um, but I made the right decision. Mm -hmm. So go fast forward another year, you know, they said, Hey, we really want to do a passage. French poly and going that way right now is still very dynamic with COVID. So we're thinking maybe we'll just go to Hawaii because, you know, obviously it's, you know, still within our country. So fortunately for us, we had enough time to where the, my wife Amara and I could both make the trip. So it worked out really well. Uh, we flew down to Mexico and met our very dear friend, Stephen Jen. And, um, you know, provision the boat, kind of did some boat projects. And it was basically like, a, I think it was a 21 day sail. And it, I mean, it was an experience, uh, definitely an experience of a lifetime for sure. Uh, the Pacific is a big, big, big body of water <laughs> and it is very deep and there's nothing out in the middle of it. I mean, I, I think we saw maybe a, you know, when you get out of sight of land, uh, you know, off the, off the mainland coast, we might've saw 50 birds. That was it. Yeah. There, there's nothing out there, you know, but the, the, the blueness of that ocean and the peacefulness. And I mean, it was very special and we got extremely lucky. We didn't have any issues. Uh, you know, Steve and Jen had the boat top-notch condition you know all the gear rigging everything uh we didn't hit any major weather uh not to say we didn't have big water or you know rain squall come through or something like that but you know we didn't have any tropical issues or you know any big big storm systems you know that were you know life-threatening i mean there was a few that we were monitoring but they never you know came to fruition and came our way so yeah it was a very very cool experience and i would recommend it to anybody 
Um, I don't know if most people could do that long. Uh, and I don't know if I would want to do that long again. Uh, but I would say, you know, that week to 10 days to 14 days would probably be about the perfect time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a lot of companies out there that offer, uh, you know, vacations like that. And it, it's, yeah, it, it'll change it. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. You know, you got no phone, really no technology, you know, unless you, you know, get sat phones or things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, it's, a. Uh, it was, it was quite the experience. We're going to pause the conversation here. I like to keep the length of these episodes at around 30 minutes, but we're definitely not done with this conversation. I hope that you've enjoyed listening so far just as much as I enjoyed having this conversation with Matt. In part two, Matt will tell us about ways that his experiences have shaped his ideas about time and how they influenced his leadership style and some important decisions that he and his wife have made about the way that they choose to live and work. So definitely join us for part two of this episode. Matt has some great insights to share. In the meantime, if you would like to add some new healthy habits to your routine, if you want to be more active and find more ways to enjoy life throughout the whole year, even in winter when the days get shorter and colder, These are exactly the kinds of changes that I help people make in their lives through my work as a certified professional coach. You can learn more on my website, scottmillercoaching.com.